It's Where Are They Now? A podcast for the Spencerport class of 1985, sharing the stories of our friends and classmates and getting to know where they are now. Hi everyone, it's Randy Hawks, and welcome to Where Are They Now? Episode number 16. When I started this podcast, I'm sure many of you figured that my guests would probably include those people that were more socially active during high school. Those we considered the popular kids, into the clubs, student government, sports, etc. While some of those less socially active kids have seemed to fade away, their names forgotten, and their whereabouts a mystery, they were still members of our class. And though you might not have interacted with them, and some of them may not even have made it through to graduation, they still walk the same halls as we did. And I want you to know, you are all welcome on this podcast. Today's guest was another member of the self-contained class. Those students that may have been considered social outcasts, and when integrated with the rest of the students, may have found it difficult to fit in. You might not remember Rich Hansey. I do. We shared a homeroom together, but that was about it. I could tell he didn't want to be in school and preferred to be left alone. Once he disappeared, I figured he was gone forever. On occasion, over the past 36 years, as I thumbed through the pages of our yearbooks, I often wondered what happened to Rich. Well, after all these years, I was able to reconnect with a happier, friendlier Rich Hansey. And I'm happy that he's here today to share his story. You know, I'm here this morning with Rich Hansey. We got an opportunity to sit down with him and learn a little bit about his story. So, Rich, high school, you know, you weren't there the whole time. You didn't actually graduate with the class of 85. What happened? Tell us a little bit about your history, and, and then we'll build up to where you are today. Well, honestly, it's uh, I never felt a part of this. And when I started getting in, in, invited into the group, I was like, why would anybody want me in there? I school I wasn't the greatest guy I was kind of a jerk and to be nice there's other words I could call it um I was in my own little world I didn't want to be in school I hated school with a passion uh, I'd rather be out fishing with buddy Wayne as I know him now as skipper um I'd rather be at we'd rather be out fishing and be in there any day um there's just too much drama and too many clicks and I just didn't fit in anywhere and you know now to people like hey Where's Rich Hansy been? I'm like, boy, people remember me, really? <laughs> you know, I'm a nobody. I mean, what do they really want with me? But, you know, I you know, I went through, you know, class of 85. I left school in January of 84. Should have graduated 86, which, you know, I was going to would have been a super, super senior. But I left in 84, um, did a bunch of odd jobs. Finally got working. As Larry said in his, he worked at Rochester for Machine. It's funny we didn't cross paths because we worked there at the same time. He was days and I was evenings. Oh, okay. And he was at the front end and I was at the back. And I was there for probably 16 months and was laid off. And then I went through, of course, everybody's worked at Wegmans and worked at ITW as a tire technician and oil changes and pump jockey and um, did all that. Ended up working at Avis Rent-A-Car. 
as a service agent cleaning cars. And if you think that's a glamorous job, you're, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> highly mistaken. It's hard work. Um, probably the funnest job I ever had. I worked with some really good people. Ended up being a lead service agent there. I was there for almost five years. Um, got hired. I was interviewed for a part-time job. By the end of the interview, I was full-time. Which was great because <laughs> I really needed it. And I was I left it there to move to Houston. Okay. And I lived in Houston for three years where my son was born. And in 95, moved back, regretfully, <laughs> moved back to New York. But due to financial struggles and stuff, we didn't really have a choice. So we ended up moving back. And at, when I was at Avis running a car, I was going to school nights. Okay. okay, the guy that couldn't get through high school was working full-time, went to school full-time, was raising a child, married, and had a 3.2 GPA. Figure that one out. Not Rich Hansen. <laughs> yeah, Rich Hansen. But uh, we, um, you know, so I went through that. when I, I was there about a year when I went to Houston, came back, went back to school, didn't finish. I was one credit off because I had to have an internship, and by now my daughter was born. Okay. When my daughter was born, the only internships I could get were unpaid, nine to five, and I was already a warehouse manager from six to two. So I was like, eh, I guess I'm done. I'll just wing it. I've spent most of my life doing it, and I've made it so far. Long story short, I ended up the one place I never wanted to be. Where's that? I ended up working for Spencerport Schools. You're of kidding. all places. You're kidding. <laughs> and I, well, I went to school for computer sciences. Okay. The guy that used to pick on the nerds and everything else became one. And, um, but I am probably the coolest looking <laughs> computer, computer geek there is. With the long hair and the mustache and, whatnot, and tattoos and leather jacket and riding my Harley and stuff. But um, I ended up working down the line. And you know, I had to go through a bunch of other jobs. I've been I've worked for an ultra pure water company in the meantime and everything else. And through Staples, there was a grassroots program where I became the district tech center manager and did all the warranty work for HP, Compaq, IBM, um, all our extended warranty work. Okay. And through that, I got the job at Spencerport as their microcomputer maintenance technician at the high school. And that was odd being in this building I remember as Cosgrove that's been extended on with a 300 hall, 400 hall, new pack center, pool came later while I was still there, the 500 wing, two cafeterias, two gyms. And I'm like, wow, what has happened to Spencerport? <laughs> this is huge. And the, it was just odd, the one place I never wanted to be is where I ended up. The great part was there was still some teachers there. Lori Bookter was the principal, uh, I think 10th grade at the time. I was there a week, ran into Mr. Jacato, and he says, Hansi, what are you doing here? And I says, I'm the new computer guy. He says, no, you're not. He says, meet me in my office. So we <laughs> had an office and we talked and got caught up. I was there probably about three weeks. And when I was in self-contained, we had Mr. Farnsworth. I still can't call him Jeff. It's just a respect thing. He's always Mr. Farnsworth. And I got a help desk request for him. And I says, well, it's got to be his son because he has a son named Jeff. Would have been about the right age, some, you know, younger. 
And I went down to the classroom, and sure enough, it was Mr. Farnsworth. And I walked in, he looked at me, and he says, it is you. <laughs> and I says, yep. And he looked at the class, he says, let me introduce this kid. In 1982, I started teaching, and he was my first student. Wow. And I says, and I'm still disrupting your class. Now, what's wrong with your computer? So we, uh, I sat down, and best part, he has a planning period right after. So we sat and we talked about Dean Bradbury and Larry Harris and Chris Gilson and Tommy and Stacey, you know, and everybody. And he asked me if I was still friends with, with Wayne. And I says, yep, we're still best friends. We always have been right through high school and life and, um, you know, with the kids and everything else, we're just family, you know, and always have been. He's always been my brother and more so than my own brother is because blood isn't always family. Right. And, you know, he was a really great guy. And so we talked about that and ran into, uh, oh, my God, there was somebody else. I can't remember. There was another teacher. And praise the Lord that I was a, I was really bad to her. I took a lot of my frustrations out on this teacher. I threw a desk at her at one time. Oh, I mean, I was, yeah. And I was in the break room one summer. It was end of June, right after classes were done. Teachers were finishing up. And I was looking over the map because we're going to put new computers in. And I got 760-some computers to put in this building. I got to figure out how we're doing this, coordinating it with custodians for waxing the floors and cleaning and stuff. Okay. And she comes up and says... Do you just go to school here? And I was hoping she wouldn't remember me. <laughs> and I stood up and I says, can I give you a hug and tell you something? She goes, yeah. And I gave her a big hug and I says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was so mean to you. And she started crying. Aww. And I said, why are you crying? She goes, you just made my career. She goes, I always worried about you and what happened to you. So I told her a little bit of my story. And she goes, oh my God, I'm so glad to see what you've become. She goes, you do realize I'm retiring after today. Oh, wow. And I says, you know, and to have that opportunity to go back and say sorry. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's probably some students from class of 85 and 84. I, I probably should say sorry to, <laughs> you know, lots changed. Um, my life has changed dramatically. Um, I got out of school in 84. Um, I won't go into details of my life. I had a rough time. There was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of personal issues okay and in february of 95 i quit the drugs um on my knees praying to a lord i didn't believe in because i had enough i was done mm -hmm. and a few months later through a mutual friend from spencer port schools class of 86 i won't mention names um i met my wife she'd called that Mother's Day in May 12th of 85. We talked for four hours. I said, that's the woman I'm marrying. <laughs> we had our first date on May 18th. And five years and one day later, on May 19th, we were married. So we just celebrated our 36th anniversary and our 31st wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Back in May. So um, she was an angel sent from God. I say it to this day. There's a song by Ward Davis I do at my show as I dedicate to her. And it says, the song's called Heaven Had a Role in This. And I believe it to this day because this woman has been a saint. She really <laughs> has. She's been a saint, an angel, my support. Uh, she's given us two wonderful children who are now 26 and 23. Okay. God, I can't believe how much time's gone by. 
yes, people, I was a successful parent. They turned out all right. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of changes. Uh, I gave my life to the Lord in 2001. I became a worship leader. I've been a worship leader in three different churches. I've played in several bands over the years. I'm currently in one now, plus doing a little acoustic solo stuff on the side. So I've had, you know, life's been interesting, but it's been fun. Okay. So, so when you say acoustic soloing and in a band, I know that you're a very talented guitar player. Why don't you give us a little history of when that all started? And... <laughs> well, I started playing guitar in seventh grade at Spenceport. You had to have an elective. My grandfather played guitar. He played steel guitar, so the guitar I had was actually... The action was set real high. So I didn't have one of the fancy ones that a lot of these kids had that, you know, we didn't have money. So I had to borrow things and use what I had. So I ended up with some great finger strength and dexterity due to this. <laughs> but I started playing guitar, and, you know, with all the trials and tribulations I had in my life, music was always my outlet. And once I got this guitar in my hand, and backstory was I actually started playing drums when I was 10. Okay. And... I don't know, just never felt it. And I put that guitar in my hand, and I just, like, this is like magic. And then, you know, because you learn the John Denver and the Peter, Paul, and Mary, which I still love. You know, I'm a long-haired biker, but I still like this stuff. And, you, see, you know, you learn all that stuff, and Roger Miller, and, you know, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, one day I heard Ted Nugent, and that was through Skipper, a.k.a. Wayne, um... He introduced me to Ted Nugent. I was like, you could do that with a guitar? Well, that opened up a whole new world. And then, if ironically, that Christmas, my mom had bought me an electric guitar, which a month later was stolen. Oh, no. And I ended up getting another one. And currently, I now own 13 guitars and numerous equipment. <laughs> but years had gone by um, playing, not really in bands, jamming with people here and there. Self-taught. Until 2010, I did take theory from George Colicchio, uh, Spenceport grad. Yeah. Um, been 2007, got in a band through a teacher at Spenceport called 58 Right. Was the house band at the jukebox for a while. I uh, played brewskis. Uh, we actually had done the Relay for Life at Spenceport twice. Okay. There. Uh, let's see. Been with them. I... Timeline, I couldn't tell you. I've been in so many bands over the years, but I went from them into, I had a band called Tuesday Rain, another band called Fallback was with them, and Curveball at the same time. I was with Stoneface, District 6, Vinyl Countdown was my last band before I started this one, and I'm currently in a band called Cadillac Jack. It's kind of a blues-driven, hard rock kind of thing. Uh, doing things a little different. If you want to check us out, we're on Facebook forward slash Cadillac Jack Rochester. Look <laughs> us up. And also, I got talked in a couple of years ago doing an open mic acoustic, and I've never sat other than worship in church to do something solo like that. And the first time was at the Wood Kettle in Greece on 18. And a friend of mine that I met at McCulley's and Brindle House, where I'm a member. Yes, people, I like beer <laughs> and a few other things. Um, we He talked me into it, and I went and did my first one, and it went over so well, I was actually flabbergasted because I've never thought of myself as a singer. I was always a guitarist with a band. 
well, that led one thing to another, and now I've done acoustic stuff at Brendel House, Macaulay's, Pin Chasers. I've got a gig coming up June 5th, June 25th at the American Legion on Trimmer. Um, I've got the acoustic for the Leroy Farmer's Market April 7th, or August 7th. And back at Brendel House on other dates. But if you go to Rich Hansy Acoustic Solo on Facebook, I usually have most of my dates posted there. So now i got a shameless plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Happy to so, hear that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's cool. So life's turning out pretty good for you, Rich, you know, yeah. from the old days. And, you know, you've got, you know, your family's all grown up. you got it. I'm sitting in Rich's, uh, what, what do you call this place? It's your... I call it my man cabin. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. This um, is where the band practices, and I wish I could show you pictures because there's, uh, I think my bar is better stocked than most bars in, that you go out to, so, but not that I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drunk, I don't have to go to the meetings. Just kidding, just kidding. So, but yeah, we like to entertain, so that's why this is how this all started, and of course with the bands, it's easier to just practice here and. You know, yeah. Climate awesome. controlled and Yeah, pretty cool. And you got a Harley? Yes, I bought it two thousand eight. I got my finally bought my Harley. I had a when I was in Texas, my dad worked for American Honda. He was a district parts manager, so he worked for corporate. And I had an opportunity to buy a ninety two Shadow V T eleven hundred custom for thirty nine hundred dollars. Had wow. twenty five hundred miles on it. And basically, it was said it was used for ride and drives and demos. I got the bike. We had to drive to Shreveport, Louisiana, and pick it up at the railhead, and drove back. And then you got to realize this is Texas. To get from Houston to Shreveport is about five hours one way. Okay. To get from Texarkana to Houston is about ten hour drive. It's long. Yeah, Texas is a big state. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, um, picked it up, pulled it out of the crate. And my dad looks at and says, that's not stock. Following Monday, he gets a hold of Dallas, come to find out it's the one they custom built for their West Coast campaign advertising. So it was in the commercial, which we never could get a copy of it because it was out and distributed. But um, So I had that, and I had that for, it had 2,500 miles on it. I traded it in, or I sold it to a dealership with 17,000 miles on it and a year and a half later. Of course, down there you ride year-round. Sure. I used to ride Christmas and New Year's and then brag to my buddy's home saying, hey, I'm riding. And then, uh, and actually, a great story is I rode through a tornado down there. That was... You're kidding. <laughs> no. That's sad. I've ridden through a tornado. That was scary. I bet. Um, so I sold it and I got $3,500 for it and that was the money I used to move back here. So years later, we bought our house in 2000. We got two more years to pay on it, and we're done. Great. So uh, in 2008, my wife says, hey, you want to go buy a motorcycle? I says, yeah, right, you're kidding. She goes, no, we finally have the money, so let's go get it. She's been saving. And I drove to stands. I knew they had one of the wide glides, and their 105th anniversary, there was only 2,000 made, and they are all 105ths. Anniversary of copper and black, special logos, pinstripe, everything. And I always wanted the white glide. It was my dream. 
And we went up there, I walked in, and Jeff says, can I help you? He says, do you still got that one wide glide left? And he goes, yep. And I said, I'll take it. He says, easiest sale I ever had. And I says, <laughs> I know what I want, and I know you've got it. So um, it was March 21st of 2008. It was 37 degrees out. My wife actually refused to have him deliver it, and I rode it home. It was a 40-minute oh. ride home from Batavia wow. at 37 degrees, and it was the best ride I ever had because I was on my Harley. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I I don't get out and ride as much as I want. It, the thing's, what, 13 years old now? Yeah. It looks like brand new, and I think it only has 11,000 miles on it. But between bands and, you know, being in two bands and getting two kids through high school and graduated, my son just bought a house. We're having a housewarming party for him. He was supposed to get married in October in Jamaica, but that got canceled due to COVID, so it's going to be this October I'll probably be in Jamaica awesome. for a wedding. Um so, you know, I'm raising that and my daughter being in the service and things like that and getting her through college now and she's out on her own and helping them out. It's just, you know, takes a lot of time out of you, but it's fun. Yeah. It's a good life. Things I've been gone. blessed. Lord's, Lord has blessed me with a lot. So. Yeah. Well, you never know from those times in high school how things are going to work out for yeah, people. Yeah, from being very introverted to playing on stage and becoming more extroverted, um, lot nicer person <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot nicer person um just a lot has changed a lot's good though but you know that's my hobbies if you want to know my hobbies i ride my harley i love my family love the lord and play my music so awesome all right if you're not friends with rich on facebook send him a friend friend request it's uh it's been great talking to you today rich appreciate you sharing your story and best of luck with with the future well thanks for asking me i'm glad i could share my story 